Metu Netur, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tehuti in the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation, Chapter 17, The Deities of the Metu Netur, beginning at the bottom of page 233 in section Auset. The goddess Auset is the embodiment of those intuitive and instinctive faculties that lay deep within our psyche, governing our ability to care for and nurture others. People in whom this faculty is strongly developed are very protective, caring, and nurturing. These qualities among the Kemetans and other Africans were most desirable in mothers and wives. The traditional African culture social role models are based on organic laws that take in and integrate all aspects of man's being. It is an indisputable fact that women as a whole have a lower metabolic rate and a higher parasympathetic output than men. Among many functions, the parasympathetic nervous system governs reproduction, gestation, and other trance states. These are the principles upon which women's roles in traditional African culture are defined. Activities that overstimulate the sympathetic or diminish the capacity of the parasympathetic functions are, were discouraged in women. The toll to be paid is in the reduction of the quality of childbearing, social peace and harmony, and spiritual inspiration. The latter is to be understood from the intimate relationship between the pirates sympathetic and trance. As religion concerns itself with the inner realm of being, its main means, therefore, is the process of trance. It is the state in which the individual's externalizing faculties are detached from the will, allowing the focus of consciousness to be internalized. Proficiency in this state of internalizing consciousness gives the individual full acquaintance with the metaphysical realm. On one hand, communication becomes possible with the two classes of entities dwelling therein living dead and the spirits of the natural intelligences that administer the phenomena of the world. On the other hand, first-hand knowledge of man's metaphysical vehicles and his true relationship with God, the divine laws, and the world is attained participation in African and Oriental rituals will reveal that women in general can enter into the states of trance with greater ease than men. This is why societies that utilize trance work and in their religious practices have greater appreciation and respect for women and protect their capacity for prophetic inspiration by safeguarding them from such activities as soldiering, policing, etc. Auset, as mother of all things, corresponds to the stage of conception of the will to achieve a specific goal. This conception, the uniting the will to the life force, Ra, is achieved through the mediumistic trance. It is interesting to note that in the Kemetic language, the word tut means the cloth, image to beget, etc. Out of ignorance, most of the time that people declare the will to achieve a specific goal, they are in a state of externalized consciousness or verbalize it and therefore fail to impress the idea upon the life force. 
the same claim, mother of the gods and the living, is made for Het Eru, but her function deals with the gestation of the impregnated idea. In our decision, discussion of Ausar above, we discuss the origin, the meaning of Auset's name. We must add that her special name as Kenemet Anket also conceals the fact that she is also to be invoked through the Heka Aung. In this role, she shares many of the attributes of the Dravidian white Tara goddess who combines both the qualities of Ausar and Auset. The name of Kemet Anket, which denotes the water of life and fertility, is also applied to Het Eru. As such, she corresponds to the Dravidian green Tara, the healing and fertility of giving powers of this Heka Aung Tang has been proven many times in the Auset and Het Eru shrines of the Ausar Auset society. Seb or Geb, the god of the earth. It has just begun to dawn in the past decade or so on Western scientists that the manner in which the earth maintains the equilibrium and the fluxes and utilization of water, heat, carbon dioxide, oxygen, nitrogen, and the myriad of substances necessary to maintain life resembles so much of the picture of the homostatic functions and living creatures that the science of geology is best redefined as physiologically, (laughs) sorry, physiologically, Physiologically, the earth looked at as a living entity. This emerging science, which considers the earth a living being, is called Jia. Jia. Over 6,000 years ago, the African ancestors called it Geb. Not only did they consider the earth to be alive, they noted that it played a major role in man's spiritual development. As Seb, the divine goose, the earth god, broads upon the egg within which man's earthly experiences unfold, i.e. our earthly life is the embryonic stage of our spiritual development. The earthly demands, rewards, and pressures of existence prod us towards the awakening of our spiritual talents and powers. Recall what was said about our mortality and vulnerability in the discussion of Seker. In this role as divine ox god, Jeb is called the Arapau of the gods. That is, it has inherited the role of the deities as the initiator of man's spiritual evolution. This is important as most people think of the earth in terms of its imprisonment of man's consciousness without considering the fact that at the same time it provides the stimulus for escaping it. According to the Pert M. Rue, the Book of the Dead, the righteous were provided with words of power that allowed them to escape the truth, escape the earth, while the wicked were held fast by Seb. It must be noted that inherent the function of the earth as the imprisoner of consciousness and ox go ahead towards spiritual development. 
is it role is its role as verifier of spiritual development. A proof of spiritual development is in the ability to rise above the emotional and sensual influences, which, after all, are expressions of the animal part of being, the ability to learn independently of externals, i.e. from within the ability to control or influence earthly events through the power of our life force at the command of our will. Sheps, a dark deceased. The vast majority of the people who contemplate the great architectural wonders of Kemet never realize the majority of the greatest and most magnificent, magnificent structures were built in honor of the ancestors. A traditional African societies possess the knowledge of how to communicate with the deceased. It is very important to note that although Western religions believe in the existence of man's spirit and its survival, the body of after death, there are no religious or social institutions for communicating with the dead. The most important outcome from communicating with the deceased is the realization that man's true being is not only independent of his physical body, but the fact that it proceeds and survives the existence of the body, and finally, that it is immortal, ultimately, or immortal. Ultimately, a person's philosophy of life and their cultural expressions is based on their belief in the mortality or immortality of the essential being. In practice, regardless of claims, Western man lives his life as if it was the only one. Underlying Western culture is the belief that life on earth is a one-time experience that is to be lived for its own sake. Spiritual philosophy begins with the understanding of the meaning of life, therefore, and after death, which could only be empirically acquired through communications with the deceased. So great was the empirical revelation of man's immortality that the greatest architectural wonders of Kemet were dictated to the honor of the dead. No less important was the fact that the ability to communicate with ancestors was enabled Africans and Orientals to unite people into kingship groups that transcended the lower and limited ties of blood. Western scientists delight in parading their erudition regardless the fact that the cells that all cells in existence today have been in existence from the beginning of time. Yet for the most part Westerners are incapable of establishing firm kinships between or beyond the immediate family circle of husband, wife, and children. In most traditional African societies, millions of people who are and will remain strangers to each other are tied through the ancestors functioning as spiritual clean heads into a web of responsibilities that would be expected only from the immediate family. It is in this manner, out of a sense of extended blood kinship, that traditional African societies with populations numbering in the millions have been able to maintain law and order without police systems, ideologies, etc. Although all ancestors have the potential to function as unifiers of the people in different levels, not all of them did so. Only such people who lived up to the standards imposed by Tahuti earn the right and the privilege to become chefs, the honored living or honored dead. Incidentally, Africans have never worshipped ancestors. 
Ancestral rituals have always aimed at establishing communication with ancestors to enable them to contribute to the direction of the nation. Thus, we must reject the Western's concept of ancestor worship. Ra, pronounced Ra, hence our light, Aram, gold, oral gold, Ara, Arant, Uris, origin, etc., is active state of new nut, the undifferentiated infinite energy matter from hence all things, living and non-living, originate. It is known as chi or ki in the Oriental tradition, Kundalini in Dravidian India in the hour that emanated, emanated from the union of Ain and Sof according to the Kabbalistic tradition. Although it is not correct to say that Ra is the sun god, it is quite correct to relate its functions to the solar energy as the energy matter basis of all manifestations in our solar system. The planets, including the earth with its life forms, owe their existence to the solar emanations as the solar energy. Then is the material and energy basis for the creation of maintenance of life. The wisdom traditions of Africa and the Orient devise ways of manipulating it. No, they never worshipped it. What Western scholars have interrupted, interpreted as sun worship are the many practices for cultivating it, replenishing it, divining its activities, living in harmony with the rhythmic and cyclical manifestations of its modalities, fire, earth. These are subjects of Pyrama, breath control, Taoist yoga, Tantra yoga, so-called fetishism or Farkurism, Hatha yoga, Kundalini yoga, Mantra yoga, and the Raja yoga, Tai Chi, Chi Chung, Aikido, Homeopathy, Western voodoo, acupuncture, divination by lots or dreams or omens, etc. The subjects are manifolds. As you see, we must restrict ourselves to two of the most important manifestations. Our breath, which is the principal way in which we take in long force, is ionized into positive and negative electromagnetic polarities by agents in our nostrils. These two currents of breath, which are analogous to the north and south emanations of magnets, control the two phases of our metabolism. In this book, researchers on the vital force translated by the University of Books, Baron Karl von Reichbach, 1788-1869, through 1869, reports his findings from the experiments on the life force, Slow downward passes of strong magnets, close to the skin but not touching, produced in sensitivities a sensation of agreeable coolness from one pole and disagreeable warmth from the other pole. In some cases, the energy from either pole was so strong that it caused pain, spasm, nausea, jerking of the body, faintness, etc., the warm current, which is red-orange as seen clairvoyantly, is generated by the southern or electropositive pole of the magnet. It predominates the left side of the body in metals, alkaline, pH, moonlight, 
the electropositive elements, the southern mode node of moon. The cool current, which is bluish gray, is generated by the northern or electronegative pole and predominates in the right side of the body. Metalloids, acid, pH, sunlight, light, heat, electronegative elements, the northern node of the moon. It is important to note that these two currents correspond to the Earth's southern and northern magnetic poles and hence to the electromagnetic powers flowing among the meridians of the Earth, along with the east-west currents. They play major shaping roles in the electromagnetic processes going on in all atoms and their chemical and electrophysical activities. In the 1960s, Curlin developed a photographic process that makes it possible to photograph the radiations given off by these currents of energy. See psychic discoveries behind the Iron Curtain for actual photographs. Nekhebet and Uachet. The In the comedic tradition, the science for manipulating the two magnetic forces with which form the essence of all physical of all psychic powers was subsumed in the teachings associated with the symbols of the deities Nehekhebet and Uachet. These powers were considered so important that they were made the tutelary deities of Kemet. Nekhebet, which corresponds to the electronegative northern pole of the magnet, which or was the chief protectress of Upper Kemet. She is depicted as a woman wearing the white crown of Upper Egypt and holding a lotus scepter intertwined by a serpent, which together symbolize the electromagnetic forces of the physic psychic centers. Uachet, which corresponds to the electropositive southern pole of the magnet, was the chief protectress of Lower Kemet. She is depicted as a woman wearing the red crown of Lower Kemet and holding Piper's scepter intertwined by the serpent. Their correspondences to the poles of the magnet are revealed in the ceremony of embalming the dead, where the priest says to the mummy, the goddess Uachet comes into you in the form of the living Aret to anoint your head with their flames. She rises up on the left side of your head and shines from the right side of your temples without speech. They rise up your head during each and every hour of the day, even as they do for the Father Ra, and through them the terror which you inspire in the Holy Spirit is increased, and because Uachet and Nehebek rise up on your head, and because you bow, becomes the portion of your head where they establish themselves, even as they do upon the brow of Ra, and because they have never because they never leave you awe of thee and stricken into the souls which are made perfect, end quote. There are a number of very important correspondences in the above quotation. One, the auret, which, which will be explained later, is composed of the conjunction of uachet and nehekhebet. Two, the statement, and she shineth from the right side of the temples without speech. 
is exceedingly remarkable as it shows that the Cometans process over 6,000 years ago, the knowledge of the right side of the brain is speechless. We can go further to point out that the Cometan kings placed the head of the virtue moot, which corresponds to Nehekebet, on the right side of the forehead, while the head of the cobra representing the Uachet was placed on the left side of the forehead. By this, the kings of Kemet psychic power was very important for the protection of the nation in B. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> By this, the kings of Kemet signaled that A, a psychic power was very important for the protection of the nation, and B, the acquisitive, cool, agreeable force of Nehekabet and Mut were over the domestic policy of the nation. The southern part of Kemet, well away from the Asiatic desert, homelands and nomadic routines was for the most part home to the chief capitals of Kemet. The northern part of Kemet was placed under the red crown in Uachet as a symbol of the hot offense, front protecting the motherland from the hostility of Asiatics. Three, the statement they rise up on your head during each and every hour of the day as even, even as they do for their father Ra is a reference to the planetary hours. A great deal of confusion has arisen from the fact that most researchers into metaphysics have failed to note that the most metaphysical references to planets refer not to the celestial bodies themselves, but to the modalities of the life force which they symbolize. The moon corresponds to the cooling, hence moisturizing state of the life force, the sun to the hot, hence drying state, and so on. These planetary modalities dominate each hour of the day. Each day begins at sunrise with the planet that gives it its name to quality and quality. Following the tree of life, Saturday begins with the Saturn ruling the first hour from sunrise, followed by an hour each by Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, the moon, and back to Saturn, etc. If we follow the planets for 24 hours, we will find that the next day, Sunday will begin with the sun governing the first hour from sunrise. It will be followed by Venus, Mercury, etc. The next sunrise will begin with the moon followed by Saturn, etc. For the detailed for a detailed look at the subject, see Llewellyn Gorges, George's Improved Perpetual Planetary Hour Book. The Auret or Uraeus is one the third eye is none other than the Anya brow chakra of kundalini yoga it is brought into manifestation through the following process note that in the following procedure push your stomach out from the lower abdomen during the in-breath and contract it during the out-breath the heka is as follows: breathe in held out ung hang kashang Ung, hang, shang. One, having decided the objective of your meditation, focus both eyes open on the center of your brow. Breathe in during the first two counts while mentally chanting ung on the first count and hang on the second. From the third to the sixth count, hold the breath and contract the perineum which is the muscle that enables us to stop our urine in midstream. Do not confuse it with the anal sphincter, which is connected with the defecation. 
Breathe in during the first two counts while mentally chanting Aung on the first count and Hang on the second. From the third to the sixth sphere, hold the breath and contract the perineum. On the third count, chant Kishang and hold it through the fourth. On the fifth count, chant Aung on the sixth, Hang and Kishang on the seventh as you breathe out and release the perineum. As you chant Aung, visualize a brilliant white disc sitting in the center of your forehead. This is the undifferentiated life force. As you chant, hang, visualize a brilliant white cobra emerging from the right side of the white disc. This is Nekabet's highest heka. A, repeatedly visualize a woman coming towards you dressed in white, holding an open white book with pages blank. Look at the blank white pages after several repetitions of this scenario. A message will appear on the blank page. This, along with the heka given above, is a key clairvoyance. B. Or visualize yourself as a woman dressed in a dark blue going forward, stepping out with your right foot first. This is very important. To acquire a need in life. See yourself enjoying your objective. This is to be done when you get Nehebek reading. C. Visualize yourself as a woman dressed in red going forth, stepping out with your left foot first to acquire your objective. This is to be done when you get a Uachet reading. The function of the Urat third eye is not limited to the clairvoyance. It is the center that controls all psychic activities next to the crown center. It is second in hierarchy of our spiritual power. The technique given above is to be applied at the eighth stage of the meditation process. Nourishment of the Auret center through daily meditation will give you full control over the psychic influences operating your life. Its perfection will enable you to withstand all negative psychic influences without the assistance of herbal baths, incenses, sacrifices, rituals, talesmen, etc. Its perfection will enable you to withstand all negative psychic influences without the assistance of herbal baths, incense, sacrifices, rituals, talesmen, etc. In future chapters, we will learn about the combination of Nekabet and Uachet with the seven planetary powers governing the seven days of the week. These are the powers behind the 14 cow of Ra, the positive western pole of the east-west electrical current of Ra is symbolized by the goddess Seket. She is depicted as a red-clad lion-headed woman who delights in offerings of hard liquor, blood, and meat. She is the violent sorcering aspect of the heat of Ra, which is invoked through the Heka Rang. She works the solar plexus psychic center in the form of the serpent goddess Mehetnet. She emerges from the forehead of Ra, pouring out her fire to destroy the enemies of Ra. Specifically shame, spiritual ignorance, thirst, jealousy, teachery, treachery, fear, delusions, foolishness, and sadness. In the Metuneta Oracle, she is represented by the combinations of negative Uachet card with the negative Het Eru. The negative eastern pole of the current of Ra is symbolized by the goddess Bast. 
She is pictured as a green-clad lion-headed woman. She is the warm, fructifying power of the sun that is generated in the womb of, from sexual passion. She delights in the offerings of wine, aphrodisiacs, sweets, vanilla-flavored rice cream, cinnamon, honey, etc. She works through the sexual psychic center. Here ends the reading of chapter 17 at page 243, the deities of the Metuneter.